I remember being younger and my parents just pushing, you know, secondary education and university and you have to become a doctor. And, and it's a theme that as an immigrant, I hear across the board, that's all that's acceptable for you as a child to become. And I wanted to impart on them that that's not the case, that their happiness for the rest of their lives in their job was actually more important. You're listening to Femcanic Garage, the podcast that features women in the automotive and motorsports industries, a community that elevates, empowers, and evolves by smashing stereotypes and breaking down barriers for women. I'm your host, Jamie Blossman. Buckle up for the ride, Femcanics. Femcanics, I want to hear from you and get your feedback. I want to know what you like or don't like about the podcast. You can leave a message by calling 614-636-2240. Again, it's 614-636-2240. Leave me a message and who knows, you might hear yourself on the podcast. New Win is in the driver's seat today. She's a certified silver and classic Porsche technician that specializes in classic air-cooled Porsches. New has spent time with a couple of race teams, worked the Porsche ice driving experience, has experience with RWB Porsches, and got into Canada's Porsche restoration competition. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hello, Femcanics. This is Jamie B. coming to you, and I have New Nguyen in the driver's seat today. How are you doing today, New? I'm fantastic, Jamie. Thank you for having me. Ah, it's my pleasure. I found you on Instagram, and ironically enough, the thing that drew me to you is your cool Porsche pants that they offer, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, it's it's like the, this unicorn thing trying to find like good clothing for like tradeswomen and it all it's a topic that fascinates me and there's been other women that try you know kind of dive into it to try to solve for their problem and I'm like boy those are really cool and I just asked you where you got them from and started conversing back and forth and the more I got got to know you and the more I followed you on Instagram I'm like oh I need to get her on the show so (laughs) here we are and welcome to Femgana Garage Thank you. Thank you. Actually, I, I, I personally love those pants and I get questions and comments and compliments on them all the time. They're they're fantastic. Yeah, they I, I mean, they look stylish. They look comfortable and I imagine they're functional, too. Yeah, they definitely are. They've got tons of pockets. They fit fantastic. The knees actually have a little bit of padding because, you know, we're always like crawling around and yeah. things like that. So they're fantastic. I love them. Oh, wow. Yeah, I I have pant envy right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. So based on the pre-recorded bio that everyone already listened to, they have a little bit of an idea of who you are and what you're about. But I figured we could kind of start in the beginning and kind of bring the listeners along to understand who New is and how you progressed into your career a little bit. So why don't we start in the beginning? What piqued your interest to even get into the industry? It started when I started driving, actually. I 
love driving and being a driver, I, I knew that I, I would need to have my car worked on. And the belief, the stigma is that we're always taken advantage of in the shops. So I always made it a point to go to shops that I could hang around and ask questions and just just learn. Um, I made friends that way. And I wanted to get into the trade then, which was just out of high school, but I didn't have the discipline. I didn't, I didn't fathom how, where I could take it. And so I didn't, I didn't follow the, the path. Uh, I worked for, I would say, t- 11, 12 years doing all sorts of other jobs. And I got to a point where I was not happy doing anything. I thought to myself, what would you be happy waking up to? And uh, I decided to, 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 to pursue it because this is what I had wanted to do before. I always liked fixing things, taking things apart, understanding how they work and putting it back together. I've always been into that. And I found someone who would give me a chance. Um, My friend in high school, his family has a shop. And so he asked his brother and his dad if they would give me a a chance. And in my interview with his older brother, I was like, well, I think I could do an oil change. And he's like, that is the least of our concern right now. (laughs) But... (laughs) But a week in, he gave me all of the alignments to do. I'm a, I'm a fairly quick study. So a week in, I was entrusted to start doing alignments. It was just pretty much just toe and go. But it just kind of went from there. I spent a year and a half at that small shop. And then I moved over to Porsche. And I finished off my apprenticeship at Porsche. Oh, I got to pause you one second. It's because in your pre-interview form, you'd mentioned that you entered into your apprenticeship later in life. And... I think you mentioned 31 that that's not old, but I understand what you mean. Some people come right out of high school doing it. Yeah, exactly. So you were 30, 31 then when you were at your um, friend's garage? Yes, exactly. It was 30 when I decided this is what I was going to do. And immediately after New Year's, just before I turned 31 was when I uh, went to the garage. That is so cool. So you were there for about a year and a half Mm -hmm. and then... You said you went to Porsche, but kind of fill me in on that process because, you know, here here in the States, and I scour the internet pretty regularly on social media to find technicians that specialize in different things. And here in the States, I haven't found a lot. And to be perfectly honest, none so far. I know they're out there, but I haven't found any in the States in any of the like higher end vehicles, you know, the the Porsche, the Mercedes, the Ferraris or any of the supercars, if you will. What was that process like? I was actually, I was really lucky. Um, my The dealership that I work at now had just finished building the dealership and the store wasn't open yet. So they were really hiring all bodies. And I had a friend who was, who was working there, got me an interview and being malleable because I was still an apprentice, they, they took me on and they were extremely progressive. They being a new facility, they built their building with a female tech in mind. And when they heard that I had experience, they were more than willing to give me a shot. Can you expand on that a little more new? When you say they built the shop with a female in mind, what do you mean by that? Well, all of the pre-existing dealers and workshops, they don't have change rooms and bathrooms for a female tech. That's interesting. Yeah, because I mean, they've, that just never was a bridge that they had to cross. 
But here, when I came here, that that was already built in because they were anticipating having to hire or not having to hire, but they were anticipating that need. That's really cool. And, and I mean, for this industry, it is progressive. And, you know, I, I know there are some shops and some dealerships that want to do that. But to your point, when they actually built them, constructed them, the architect, the design, that may not they be. They didn't have that in mind. Exactly. Right. Right. Were there other aspects of it that you noticed or was it just the changing room? And the reason why I'm asking is because that that's a conversation that I'm actually having at my day job. I work for Safelight Autoglass and we're exploring different things where, you know, the, the stature of women for the most part is smaller than men. And it's mm-hmm. not about the inability for a woman to do something. It's just leverage points are different in a lot of tools mm-hmm. Different things are based on the five, nine to six foot man. That's true. That's true. But I actually work with a fair number of guys that are not that much taller than me. I feel like if, as long as I work smart, uh, I, I can use all of the tools that are available to me. Um, the, the separate change facilities or bathrooms was the only thing that I really needed that was separate. Everything else I, I share with, with the rest of my colleagues. And that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And just that simple consideration can make a huge difference. Yeah. <laughs> so you were, what, probably th- 31, 32 when you uh, went ahead and interviewed for Porsche. What was that interview process like with them? It was really good. The gentleman that was hiring or doing the interview, we met offsite at uh, a coffee shop and it was very relaxed. He had uh, already heard good things about me from my friend who. Uh, referred me and it was a lot of just feeling me out or just getting to know who I was they knew that I had experience and so that's why they were excited to meet me but it was a lot more of personal dynamics I think was was what was what he was looking for and which I think is really important when you're looking to hire people now when you say personal dynamics you're talking about um I mean I'm gonna really break this down where it's Will your personality get along with others that are in the shop? Am I thinking about that the right way? Exactly. Just what is your personality like in general? And that will exactly relate to how will you get along with everyone else? Now, some people have written to me and asked this, um, where some women are actually going in and doing interviews. And some of them, it's something as simple as what should I wear? What do you recommend to women out there that may be going into their first interview at a dealership? And would you recommend dressing differently for like a mom and pop shop? Mm, I didn't have an interview per se with the mom and pop shop. Not, I mean, I did, but it was kind of just, I already knew the family. I used to take my car to the shop. So I didn't really have to worry about what I was wearing for that interview. But I think as with any interview, Business smart is just always a safe way to go. You want to look clean and professional and smart. Do you think jeans are an option for an interview? As a mechanic, yes, it is. As long as they're not torn jeans. I see. I don't think I did it, but uh, I see I see guys do it all the time. <laughs> That's it. It's interesting because it, it, it's a question that comes up where it's like, okay, what do I wear? And, and I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, that's a legitimate question. And mm-hmm. in my mind, if it's a smaller mom and pop shop, I almost question if you should even wear, I, I don't know, business professional or even 
business casual for like a small mom and pop shop. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, that's too much. I think, um, I think jeans, dark jeans would be the most appropriate. I think if you go for the office look too much, it might deter them. Yeah, I I could see that. It's interesting to just sit back and think about. So when you went to this interview, it was at a coffee shop because they were building the dealership. That makes sense. Um, And you probably, did you wear like business casual? Honestly, it was so long ago. I don't remember. I'm, I'm sure I was in jeans or something. Got it. Got it. So that interview went well. The obviously because you're there, <laughs> right? And <laughs> this is a dealership that you work at, and you've been there ever since. Is that correct? Exactly, exactly. I've been there ever since. We opened in 2013. Wow. And I was just going through your pre interview form, and you've had some amazing experiences since you've been there. Yeah, I've had. <laughs> I've had a lot of very, very cool opportunities being with Porsche, but also being an apprentice uh, because I wasn't flat rate. I could be, you know, assigned cool tasks or cool jobs such as track days and stuff like that. Yeah, I was looking at this, spent some time with a couple race teams, but the one that piqued my interest worked the Porsche ice driving experience. You have to tell me about that. That just, Porsche and ice driving. (laughs) I'm actually really sad that I'm not joining the program again this year, but it's so much fun. As a a tech, when I go up, I I offer support. It would be like track support, but here we're at um, an ice track. And it is a rally track during the summer and in the wintertime, it is a beautifully groomed there's I think there's like six or seven different tracks some of them are ovals some of them are circles some of them like there's a couple of tracks that are on different uh, elevation does that make sense no it does (laughs) and so it's so hard to explain I didn't I wish I got more seat time when I was working the program but did you actually get to drive one on this track uh, twice out of like four or five years, I got to drive twice, which honestly was fantastic. I wish I got to drive more, but <laughs> so um, I have this like vision in my head and tell me if I'm like completely out in left field on this. So what you described you, it's a, it's a track, but when you say mm-hmm. beautifully groomed, like I'm still wrapping my mind. It's, it's a Porsche and you're <laughs> I know, driving it's, it's it on really... ice. Like what, how do you stay on the track? Like what is it? Is there certain tires or things on the tires or? Yes, you're right. Sorry. They put studded tires on the Porsche. Oh my God. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> They're one and a half uh, millimeter studs for the beginner program. And then three millimeter studs for the more advanced program. And the owner of the track does not allow any streetcars on the track. So it is perfectly white. And he grooms the, the entire track every single morning, every night. And when you go in there, it is this breathtaking, like, I, I can't even explain it. It's, it's pristine. It's wow. just like this. It's in, the, it's in the Laurentians near Montreal. So they're like, they're, it's mountainous. I mean, it sounds picturesque, like I would want to go and just watch and take in the scenery. Oh, 100%, 100%. Even not doing the winter program, I know people just like like to drive in that area 
summertime or wintertime. But then when you get to take studded tires or 911s with studded tires and just throw them around, it's... <laughs> That's like <laughs> total badassery right there. Like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I would love to go like look at the scenery and watch, but I like being in the driver's seat. That would be like an unbelievable rush. Oh, 100%. I, I didn't get much seat time, but just just seeing everyone's expression when they got out of the cars was being empathic. You you absorb that uh, that energy from them, right? So it was fantastic. I could only imagine. My my partner got me a um, driving experience, and it was a dirt track, and fun. It, it, it was it was a lot of fun. I I you can't like when I got out of the car, like I had this shitty ass grin on my face that I couldn't wipe off for like <laughs> hours. And I know exactly that. Grid. And she had to like drive because I was so amped up afterwards that I'm like, <laughs> I can't drive an SUV after this. Like, <laughs> seriously, like I, you're still trying to go sideways. I, <laughs> it's just like you need to drive because I need to like pull myself together. I was just so amped up, like, <laughs> like oh my god, it was amazing. Yeah. And then and then she got <laughs> me another exactly driving like experience that. for Christmas where I get to pick like a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or something and just drive one of those oh, around wow. where I'm like, okay, yes, please. <laughs> but, oh, man, I could only imagine. Now, this is every year. Yeah. So are these driving experiences where people like pay to have these or these are like race car drivers that it's a competition? No, it's people, clients, potential clients. You don't even have to own a Porsche, but you, so you you pay to go into the program they are two three or four day programs and they are fairly expensive but you get the cars there's uh four models that you uh, rotate throughout your couple of days or a few days but you also stay at this amazing spa resort while you're not driving <laughs> so sounds terrible really, really nice. <laughs> i know it's awful it's so awful <laughs> <laughs> holy mackerel wow that sounds like an experience <laughs> wow the, one of the fun points is so you're shuttled from the hotel to the track and the bus driver the coach bus driver is so familiar with the route that he pretty much dressed the bus <laughs> drifts the bus through the are you kidding they're me? incredibly I swear it's so <laughs> were you just like panicking <laughs> <laughs> no I get motion sickness oh. so I couldn't I couldn't do it and also as as um support staff we leave the hotel at six six o'clock in the morning sometimes to prep the track for the guests arrival for nine but uh, on media days some of the camera crews they will bring their own cars and follow the the bus and they can't keep they can't keep up with the guy oh my gosh they probably have some great footage of the bus (laughs) drifting (laughs) oh my god that is wonderful i love it man i'm i am pretty sure i'm adding that to my bucket list oh i honestly i highly recommend it i highly recommend it it is the entire experience is even just working the program is phenomenal. The, the team, the group that thro- that puts it together, it's bar none. Oh, yeah, I'm. I am making a note right now. Bucket list. <laughs> All right, femcanics. If you don't have a bucket list, one get one because you'll do more. <laughs> Two, add this to it. Porsche oh, ice driving experience. Ice experience, exactly. 
And then once you get like to, through the different levels, they added Ice Force a couple of years ago. And that's those are the turbos and the GT cars with, I don't know, three mil, five mil studs or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> because the other wasn't enough. But let's just add. I, know. I, I think it's a brilliant <laughs> idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh uh, gosh uh let i want to see here um there was another thing that you added on here that you had some experience with rwb porsches what is that what's rwb rwb started in japan the we call them we call them boss nakai uh akira nakai used to be a tech and he now what he does is he takes air-cooled Porsches, uh, the 911s, the earlier 911s, and he modifies them. They're the, they're he, they are his body kits. To this day, nowadays, they are. He just installs the kits, um, but it's become more than just a kit car, and it varies from people who just put the kit on and don't do anything else to the cars, or people who have like a 600 horsepower air-cooled engines, which is way more than a natural, uh, I mean, way more than what they would normally push. Like the stock? Exactly. The stock naturally aspirated. The RWB has just taken off, I think, thanks to social media. But these cars are the older 911s that are just absolutely outrageous. They're, They're incredibly wide and incredibly low. And there's a little bit of mixed feelings about them. Porsches being what they are, he has to cut them to fit the kit, to fit the wheels on. And that is sacrilege to a lot of purist Porsche owners. Yeah. (laughs) There's, I think every vehicle has both camps. You know what I mean? Like the, the classic, anytime you get into any type of classic cars. There, and that's like the whole resto mod. Some people think that exactly. that's the antichrist, and <laughs> some people love it, and others are traditional. I, you know, who are we to say which which is better or worse? I think it's just about exactly. personal preference. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Now, you had mentioned about some experience with restoration. So, what what's the typical? I guess, uh, Porsche that you work on, do you work primarily on newer or do you split pretty equally between the classics and the newer? I split pretty evenly. I started out working on the new cars, but I helped my mentor, uh, rebuild an engine, a 930 engine, which, which was the first, uh, turbo engine. And I fell in love with with engine building and with the classics in general, the older 911s are air-cooled versus coolant-cooled. And I just I just love how that engine goes together. I love the aesthetic. I love all of it. And I decided I wanted to focus on that branch of, of, of being a Porsche mechanic. And Porsche Germany at the same time had started a training regimen focused on the classics. And so I am, uh, I'm classic certified as of this past November. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was um, 
that was really special to me, actually. But Those were the pictures that I saw on Instagram then, right? I think so. I think so. It was uh, November, mid-November. Mm-hmm. I went to California where all of the classic training is. And I took a practical theory and practical exam to be uh, classic certified. Wow. What was that test like? Uh, grueling. Like, <laughs> I thought it is was it, very, very hard. Like how many, give a sense, like how many questions or how long did it take? Or It took all of one day, but we split it into two days. So you had theory, you had uh, fuel and en- engine management or fuel mixture, and then you had engine transmission, and then you had suspension. So it breaks it up into the, the different components as if you were working uh, either a build or servicing the car. Um, the theory portion was was really, really hard. But um, speaking with the other with the with the other guys that was taking the test, everyone found that really, really difficult. But as uh, a dealer tech working on the new cars, we, we rarely get to dig into the transmissions and the engines like that. So like they emphasized it when we were working on the classics. Why do you think that is new? Just because of the computers now? No. Um, at the dealer, when there's a new release and something goes, something happens or there's an issue or anything like that, I, I think that Porsche Germany wants to investigate themselves. And so what they do is they just send us a whole new engine and we just swap with them. They'll bring it back to Germany and they get to investigate and figure out what went wrong with it. That's interesting. And then for anything that's out of warranty, let's say, um, it is too expensive, I think, for an owner to to just fork up the money for an engine to be rebuilt to a dealership. I find that once cars get out of warranty, they go to the aftermarket shops where it's not so hefty. Got it. That makes sense. I know even for economy cars, if you will, it's kind of the same thing where they end Mm -hmm. up going to aftermarket. Now, I'm just curious, just to kind of put this in perspective, because you you were talking about how the Porsche dealership is very progressive. Are you of that? We'll use that training as an example. How many women were in that training with you? Or let me let me back up. How many people were being tested? Are you talking like 10? Are you talking 500 or? Uh, No, during my specific testing um, wave, there were, I think there were five of us. It was three and three. Five. So there was five of us. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. But there were four, I'm sorry, there were at least two other waves before, before my wave. And I believe there were three, or sorry, six in each of those waves as well. You said two before... So you're talking under 20 people. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's not many at all. No, that's not very many. To answer your question, I I know that there are other female Porsche techs. Uh, one of our one of our our dealers nearby that uh, I guess is our main competitor. They have three, if I'm not mistaken. I've not. I don't. I think I've been to one training course where where one of one of the one of the other female techs was at. But outside of that one course, I've never been in any other courses with a with a with a female, with a girl, lady. So oftentimes you're the only woman, either in the shop, mm-hmm. like actually mechanic, right? 
-hmm. or in trainings and stuff. How are you received? How have you been received throughout your career? Fantastic. It's been wonderful. I love hearing that <laughs> because oftentimes people assume that it's terrible and it's not. No, it's not. They, they, a lot of people assume that, but it's been, it's been amazing. I've had so much support and between the instructors and most of my training has been in the States. It's not even in Canada and even in the States, the instructors love it. Um, the, the guys are super supportive. The only one time have I had someone kind of question me or, or look at me askance. And that was a client at a mom and pop shop. Outside of that, everyone's been um, very supportive. You know, that's interesting. You bring that up. What were you doing? I guess I'm trying to like picture the moment where you said the only time where they kind of looked at you sideways was for a mom and pop shop. Or did you go out there to like provide professional advice or something? Or No, being a small mom and pop shop, they had the clients in the back. There were probably longtime clients who were familiar with with the family and they were kind of just hanging around in the back of the shop and I think I must have been doing wheels or tires or or brakes or something like that and uh, I honestly don't even remember what the gentleman said but I it didn't it didn't really stay out that much other than just being like the one instance that that I experienced something like that it it didn't it didn't um stick in my mind as being overly offensive just right right yeah. it may have been a, more of an observation type comment yeah you're like well i'm here so. now let me ask this i'm I'm gonna kind of shift gears a little bit when you told your folks hey i'm gonna go ahead and be a mechanic what kind of reaction <laughs> did you get from them well they had had some warning because i wanted to do this when i was leaving high school and so when I finally decided to do it uh, in my 30s, it was more of a just like, are you sure? I did have a couple of people tell me I was absolutely crazy, but they are one, they are amongst my strongest supporters now. It was just, it's, I think it's just hard for people to, I don't know, wrap their head around something so different. But That's a fair point. We just have to show them. Yeah, they, you just have to show them and then, and then they see. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I I have to there's a couple things in here that just kind of blew me away uh, and we'll talk about your um, you have one child right a mm-hmm. uh, son uh, how old's your son mm-hmm. he'll be 15 in a couple of weeks he'll be 15 couple sorry 14 14, 14 come on mom <laughs> <laughs> he's like yes 15 <laughs> yeah give me another year <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, before we before we go down that path, I, I wanted to, one of the questions I ask in my pre-interview form, I ask all my guests, what is your proudest career accomplishment? And do you mind sharing it with the Femcanic community? Because when I read that, I'm like, dang, do you, do you recall what you put on here? No, I don't. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, um, I'm going to read it out loud. My proudest career accom- okay. accomplishment is becoming one of North America's first certified Porsche classic technicians. Yes. Which makes you the world's first female certified Porsche classic technician. Exactly. Exactly. Between, between that certification, which I don't know, I spent, I spent years towards but to be fair it was it was six courses over over the span of three years and then the exam last november but working on the cars 
on the classic cars in between those courses. So for the last three years, that's what I had been working on. And to be amongst North America's first to be certified and the world's first female to be certified, that was definitely... Um, How did you find that out? Just unbelievable. To be honest, I thought I was the only female Porsche tech until I found uh, Stacy. And we were chatting with each other and asked about uh, the classic training, but she said that she she hadn't uh, completed her the courses yet, and so she hadn't gone to get certified yet. Um, I'm actually assuming, but I, I I haven't found any other female Porsche techs, and none working on the classic cars. So I would love to find more. Actually, <laughs> absolutely. I I just wow. That's amazing. Now, one of the things in when we were talking during the pre-interview, we talked a little bit about your son. Do you do you care if we spend just a little bit of time because it, it's it's very powerful and it's a great message. Do you mind if we chat a little bit about that? No, not at all. I, I might cry again. <laughs> <laughs> well, my intention is not to make you cry, but it, it's moving <laughs> and it's powerful and one of the things that sets Femcanic Garage uh, apart is the topics that we explore. I think being a female asking these and uh, being a mother, it te- I tend to go down that path. And when you're a mother, you're often motivated differently than when you don't have children. I, I know my motives, my motivation before I had children is different than now. And you had shared a story with me about your son and um, it was amazing because as a parent and as a mother to be asked by your child and they want you to come in for career day, mm-hmm. not dad, <laughs> not grandpa, <laughs> but I want my mom to come in for career day and it's pretty cool. Do you mind sharing the story with the community? No, not at all. Um, my son being the amazing guy that he is, is so supportive. And, and honestly, I had him when I was 25 and I didn't get into the trade until I was 31. So I was, I was really lucky that I didn't have, like, I know, I know the women that are getting into the trade now, a lot of them are younger and face the the question of how do I balance being a new mom with this 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 very challenging job and I was I was so lucky that I was my son was already you know five by the time I I made this career choice but he got to watch he got to watch the whole journey or I guess not the whole journey because I'm still I'm still on the journey but he got to watch from the beginning and when and he's just so proud of me and he talks about me in school and they had me come in and I of course I embarrassed him because I'm so <laughs> I was so proud that he was proud of me <laughs> and to be there talking to the kids and even explaining to the young girls that were there you know that this this thing that I was doing was possible and then for my son to see this as a normal thing just I don't know. I was it, I was emotional during that uh, that parent teacher meeting. Even I embarrassed. He he makes fun of me to this Aww. day. <laughs> now, what what grade was he in when he had you do that? 
Uh, I've, I've been in twice. The first time was when he was in grade... Actually, no, both times was in, when he was in grade seven. Uh, he's in grade eight now. Sorry, I'm just trying to remember. He was in grade seven. And the first time was I just spoke with his class only. And then the second time was the career day. And it was where students could pick who they would want, who, uh, who they wanted to listen to. Oh, and I also held like a little workshop during that, the second one where I showed them, you know, to check tire pressure and stuff like that. It was an oil level. It was really, um, it was really, it was really nice <laughs> to, to be able to share that with the young kids, both the boys and the girls. So you got invited back a second time. Yeah. Yes. After crying the first time, I was invited <laughs> back a second time. <laughs> oh, wow. That, that is so cool. It is. I mean, that, you know, as a parent, that's like the ultimate compliment. It is. It really from is. From a child. And especially at that age. That age, they don't want anything to do with mom or dad. <laughs> exactly. They're just too cool for everything. Right. So, just being just being welcomed back and having all of it made me emotional the the journey just you know be all of it <laughs> what's your son's name kwa kwa did he like introduce you to the class or how how kind of walk me through what was that what was that like um nerve-wracking i'm not a public speaker <laughs> i'm awful <laughs> how big was the class uh just under 30 kids and these are, they're 14 year olds. Uh, no, they were 13. Oh boy. It's a tough yeah, age, man. I, exactly. <laughs> My daughter's 12 exactly. right now and she knows everything. <laughs> exactly. Wow. It was, it was nerve wracking because exactly they're teens. I came in when they were in a different classroom. And so I kind of had the opportunity to settle in and collect myself. And then they came in from that other class. And they were prepped. So when the teacher had introduced me, and I, I just kind of took it from there. And I just went over what I did and the, the, the journey. When I was there for the second time for, for the career day one, I emphasized a lot on not rushing yourself when, when, you're, when you're trying to pick your career. I remember being younger and, and my parents just pushing you know, secondary education and university and you have to become a doctor. And, and it's, it's, it's a theme that as an, as an immigrant, I hear across the board, that's all that's acceptable for you as a child to become. And I wanted to impart on them that that's not the case, that their happiness for the rest of their lives in their job was also, was actually more important. What a great message. It's, that's so true. It is so true. <laughs> yeah. How were you received by his peers? Uh, good. Good. They all, they, they were attentive and they asked great questions. <laughs> so one of, there was a boy that asked about uh, wage disparity because they were actually, I remember now, the first time I went in, they were studying uh, women's suffrage. And so they had me come in as part of that. Oh, that's too cool. Yeah, as part of that uh program or uh, curriculum and then they had me come back for uh, for career day and so it was they they were prepped and that was a brilliant question that that boy asked that is really cool that is so cool i have to ask about one more thing on your pre-interview form and it, it was cracking me up 
One of the questions I ask is, what makes what you do unique? And you put, I'm not unique. And then you go on and you say, what sets me apart was my usage on Instagram to share my experiences. And you put, oh, and puns. I'm a big fan of puns and dad jokes. <laughs> I'm like, that is awesome. <laughs> I think that that was what made me unique, actually. Just the puns and the dad jokes. Just the puns and the dad jokes. That is... Uh, that is I'm going to purposely pay closer attention to that in your posts <laughs> to pick up the puns and the dad jokes. <laughs> Honestly, I've I've kind of had to let it go a little bit because I've I feel like I've exhausted all of all of the possible puns. I've used all of the exhaust jokes. I used all of the the wiring that I had one one of my favorites uh when working on the classic cars, I've seen so many uh, rewiring. And there was one where there was three wires and they kind of just knotted them together and put electrical tape over top. And so my my picture was of the three, the three wires and the three knots. And the caption was naughty threesome. <laughs> that is hilarious. That's pretty witty. I'm impressed. <laughs> that's really good but now i've gotten to the, <laughs> i've gotten to the point where i feel like i've used them all up so well, maybe i'll have to recycle some. <laughs> but, hey yeah here's the thing definitely recycle them because now you have new <laughs> fans that didn't necessarily scroll all the way to the bottom to see those other pictures so <laughs> <That's> true <laughs> recycle man i mean that's marketing 101 right. <laughs> people's got to see things like five seven times before it really takes hold Oh, good point. Good point. I feel, I feel, I'm still, I feel like I'm still navigating this whole Instagram thing and I'm trying to grow it. Uh, but that's a good point. People don't scroll down that far. I got to bring back some of the, some oh, of the classics. Oh yeah. You got to bring back some of those classics, man. Absolutely. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to those. So bring them back in like full effect. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right, new. I think we're ready to launch into the red line round. What the red line round is, is just five rapid fire questions. There's no right or wrong answer to it. Whatever pops into your head is the right answer. All right. You ready? Shoot. All righty. Who or what has been your inspiration throughout your journey in the industry? Jamie, my inspiration has been my family, my grandmother, my mother, my whole family. They escaped Vietnam after the war, and although they don't talk about their journey after Vietnam much, or even their time in Vietnam, I try to picture myself there, and I can't even fathom. My mother fled the country with her younger brother and sister at 16, and was responsible for two other lives running across the world, and not knowing what met them at the end of that journey. And turns out that the end of that journey uh, is me here today speaking with you. So that's what inspires me or motivates me. It's just the strength from my family that I can call on. Holy mackerel. <laughs> uh, wow. I, I'm honestly speechless right now. I, I, I wow. Seriously, no. I I am literally speechless right now. Talk, <laughs> talk about next level drive 
in, in purpose and inspiration. Thank you so much. If you don't mind me asking, what is your mom and your family members, what have they said about you being in this industry? Because it's not typical for a female to be in this industry, but you don't just work on any car either. You work on, yeah. <laughs> you know, ex- exotic sports cars. They're so proud of me. It took a while to change their perspective. And I don't talk about work a lot. They just see me working a lot. But I think they they grasp it now. And even my grandmother is super excited about it. My my stepdad, we don't really chat all that often, but he was really against this when I first wanted to do this. He's he's also incredibly proud of me. So it's um it's just an awesome thing. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing such an authentic moment. All right, now, where do you go or what resources do you use when you want to learn something new or you get stuck on a job? Portia has a fair amount of literature. I wish I had more of it, but Google and YouTube has been incredibly helpful. <laughs> and and the fellow engine builders or Porsche techs that I've met and or worked with either at work or through my training program or off Instagram, my friend uh, Rich in the States has been a fountain of knowledge. He's been incredibly helpful from working on the classics to even the restoration I did on the 944 uh, last year. Just uh, being able to call on these guys that I've met over Instagram has been unbelievably helpful. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, what excites you most about what you do? Uh, fixing stuff. <laughs> Simple. I feel you. <laughs> I totally feel you. <laughs> the sense of accomplishment when when you're when you're given something that both looks awful because it's you know thirty forty years old and doesn't work or it's leaking or it's broken and, and taking it apart and putting it back together and making it how it was before. Actually, uh, one of my hashtags that I often use on Instagram is make it new. It's one of my puns. For your name. That's, that's, <laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> I, that it's, it's that sense of accomplishment that I think I is the biggest rush making it look beautiful, making it work again. That's just, that's, I'm always chasing that. I wonder how many listeners will actually put that together. <laughs> <laughs> Make it new. They will now. Yeah, I, exactly. I think it's brilliant, but I wanted to throw them a bone in case they didn't connect the dots there. <laughs> <laughs> My name's new. Make it new. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Just put it out there. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. I think that there's your tagline clearly. And <laughs> even if you hand them a business card with it on it, not everyone's going to connect the dots. No. <laughs> but that's what this is for. They can connect the dots now. Thank you. <laughs> now, what is a personal habit or practice that has helped you significantly in the industry when you feel stuck, unsupported, or discouraged? A personal habit or practice? Um, let's see. I feel like in and out of work, I don't let myself get down too much. I don't live in that defeated mentality. I draw a lot of power and strength from overcoming fears and overcoming that feeling of defeat. 
and I think just that the knowledge of the that power at the end of that at the end of that of, of overcoming it I use that I guess does that make sense it does and I guess how do you get to that point of knowledge and like what are like your personal tricks or tips that you use to kind of get through that fair enough um to start off anything I like to be prepared being prepared is like the utmost greatest tool that we can have and that is reading up on the job first be laying out your tools making sure your parts are are all in order mise en place is what they call it in the culinary industry just being prepared and so you kind of give yourself a leg up or eliminate small problems that arise um and then if i'm if i'm actually stuck on something talking it out really helps i like to call on my colleagues for example and just so a lot of the times i already know it in my head but just being able to to kind of bounce ideas off of someone i really i, I find i think that helps me a lot most of the time that that's usually what i do is just bounce ideas off of someone else beautiful and finally, what is your parting advice to other femcanics finding their way in the skilled trades industry? Let your skill, let your work speak for itself. That your your name, your reputation will always precede you and that there are there are younger girls looking up to you. I came to that right realization a while ago and that affects a lot of how I do and how I even um, not compose myself, but how I present myself. Um, I used the the jokes, the puns that I used to post used to be really dirty, but then I realized I have, I have young, like a younger audience as well. And so I had to tone it back a little bit. You're so filthy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a mechanic. I am very I know. I feel you. I'm like, boy, I really feel like news holding back in this interview. I feel like she's ready to like, I'm like waiting for it to cut loose. But you've played it safe and you're being conservative so that this is something that you can put on your website. I understand. Yes, exactly. And and it's just that, that there are, you never know who's watching. So that's, that's, that's my advice. You never know that is so true. Right? Perspective employers, children, girls looking up to you. Um, yep. Be mindful. Yep. Love it. New, where and how can people connect with you? Easiest way is my Instagram, which is dear underscore new. It was supposed to be like a dear Abby, but uh, it kind of turned into something else. But it is dear new. That's D E A R underscore N H U. Um, I do have a Facebook page as well that I'm trying to grow. And um, my email is also listed on my Instagram if, uh, if required. So what was the something else? You said Dear New is supposed to be like Dear Abby, but it turned into something else. Um, it was supposed to be where everyone or girls or women could ask for advice with, with regarding to cars. But I found that it was really repetitive and I don't have experience with all brands and models. So it was more, it became more of just uh, a diary of, of what I was doing, my experiences. Got it. Got it. 
New, thank you so much for being in the driver's seat tonight. I really enjoyed chatting with you about <laughs> your journey. It, it's been fun. And maybe we can race on some ice racing sometime. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> awesome. Actually, I wanted to thank you for doing this. I listened to the podcast, the interviews you had with some of the other women in the trade. And honestly, it was amazing to hear similar stories because before Instagram, I didn't have anybody. I didn't know of any other women in the trade. And then I, I've been finding this tribe of ours. And then to hear their stories, honestly, I was emotional listening to them. It was, thank you for doing this. It is my honor, truly. I, I, I am honored that you and the other women trust me to share your story. And it's something I don't take lightly. And um, ultimately, it's producing a product that the women are proud of and want to share. And you just don't know what nugget of information will inspire someone, maybe add something to their bucket list, like mm-hmm. me, <laughs> or just sometimes just help them wake up and stay at it. That's the biggest challenge for all of us. You just yeah. got to keep showing yeah, definitely. up. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. And uh, when you asked about how I was received, that's important too, to dispel some of that myth that all of the guys are against us. It's not true. One of, I'm a champion for Movember, which is um, raising awareness and funds for men's health. And this is because of the support that I've received from all of the guys that I've worked with and been to training and school with, that we have to give credit where credit is due. It's wrong. I, I so agree with you. For anything to really shift and make next level or exponential change it's not just about women it's men and women and it's It's all of us yeah it totally is it's all of us locking arms together and spending more time focusing on what we have in common rather than what differences there are exactly exactly and that's the beauty in it my name is Noom Nguyen. I'm a certified classic social tech and I'm a femtanic. Laura Salas is in the driver's seat next. She has been a body refinish tech, co-owner of Black Diamond Collision Repair for six years, and is currently a collision repair industry educator. Be sure to tune in. Until next time, femcanics. Thanks for listening to the Femcanic Garage Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Femcanic Garage. Check out our website, femcanicgarage.com, for swag and the transcribes for each episode. If you want to help grow this community, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share this podcast. Spread the word. This is Jamie B. signing off. Are you a femcanic?